The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Five days of Dan. Yeah, you made it. I made it too. I didn't know if we could. I really didn't know if we could. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. Dan Baspris will be joined momentarily here by my good buddy, Adrian Benjamins, breaking down a little bit more of this real draft, real draft results. This, again, is not a mock draft. Get his thoughts. I had a plan, and I have a new plan. And I'll tell you about that in a minute as well. Uh, at Dan Baspris is my Twitter handle. Please do take a moment. I'm going to hit you with it right at the outset here to rate and review the pod. We are humming. On that front, I think we've got something like 213 reviews on Fantasy NBA Today. That's incredible, guys. Show hasn't even existed for three years. It's like two years and eight months right now. And we're just, we're blowing almost everybody out of the water. There's like one fantasy show that's trucking out in front of us, the great Josh Lloyd. And he's been around for three years longer than we have. So I feel pretty good about where we are. Thank you to everybody that's helped get us to this point, including Josh and everybody else, all the other amazing guests we've had on this podcast. It's been a, it's been a hell of a run so far. This is, of course, a hoop ball presentation as well. And Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, Hawaiian Isles, I-S-L-E-S dot com. You can search for them on Amazon. Get your coffee fix. I don't know about you guys. This is a particularly exhausting time. For me, with all the millions of things we've got going on at Hoopball, this is the perfect time to taste the warmth of aloha. Again, please, I beg of you, hawaiianisles.com. There's almost no way you can go to their website and not click on one of these gorgeous images of boxes or bags of coffee on Hawaiian beaches. You're either going to end up with coffee or a trip to Hawaii. I don't know which one you're going to buy. It's going to be one of the two. One of them is significantly more expensive than the other. I would suggest the uh, more affordable option, and that would be the coffee. Kona Roasts, Classic Roasts, their Vanilla Macadamia is their signature coffee blend. Make sure I'm all-purpose grind. I think I'm getting the nomenclature close to right on that. Again, Hawaiian Isles, Kona Coffee Company. Uh, Our title sponsor of all podcasts here at hoop-ball.com, H.I. Kona Coffee on Twitter. Check them out. What I want to do here is... I want to rocket through a few more picks in the Eric Ong real draft. I want to see if I can just blitz from like 75 to 100 in five minutes. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. or 76 to 100, I guess. Uh, and then we'll talk to Adrian, and then we'll get this thing wrapped up. Okay? Sound good? Fantastic. Number 76, Lonzo Ball. Too early. They got a log jam at point guard in New Orleans. They got too many guys that need to be playing at guard spots. Because if you move Drew Holiday to the two, which is probably what they're going to have to do, then J.J. Redick gets wedged out. Or if he plays, then Brandon Ingram gets wedged out because there's a Zion and a Derek Favors that are going to be playing up front. So I think Lonzo Ball, he could have a good year. He's got this massive fantasy ceiling, but he did not go to a place where he's going to have free reign. Too early. Kelly Oubre Jr. at 77. I like him as a pick. Uh, I'd love it if you could get him later, and he's generally going later in drafts. I think this is someone that really wanted to snag their guy 
And as you've heard, I've talked about this before, once you get past 75, you can just sort of do whatever the heck you want. It's no man's land. His ADP is 87. Would he get back to this team? I don't know. So you do what you got to do. To me, I'd rather get him at 87 to 100, but if you got to go 77, I guess you got to go 77. Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 78. Pretty similar thoughts on this one, although his ADP is 78. So, again, you sort of take him where you have to. He's got an interesting fantasy game that was... You know, it's funny. He seems like he should be a Bespris guy. Good percentages, good defensive stats, no three-pointers, which I'm generally fine with. He's likely going to be playing a lot of two, two-guard in Oklahoma City, because Chris Paul's out there. Uh, but he should see he should see enough playing time to be successful. Dennis Schroeder as sort of the backup guard. That almost knocks out most of the guard play on that team. So there's there's minutes available. I wish his ADP wasn't this high. That's that's a hurt that's a hurtful one. Al Horford at 79. This is a wonderful pick. This is a marvelous pick. You guys, I I mean, you know how the old Dan Vespers squad ends up feeling about a lot of this type of stuff. Al Horford is going so late in drafts this year. His ADP is 64, and then he went even later than that in this one. Uh this is a guy that was number 29 in 29 minutes a game last year. He doesn't need the basketball to be successful. He's a terrific passer, so he'll be swinging it to Simmons inside, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. Plenty of options around him for him to pick up assists from the center or power forward spot where he'll probably start. He'll get a few rebounds. He's not a big rebounder anyway. Joel Embiid's going to grab a lot of those. He doesn't need to score to be successful. He averaged 13.5 points a game last year, only took 10 shots a night. He could very easily get back to 9 or 10 shots a game. Easy. And great percentages in both categories. He has the most intensely high floor of almost anyone in fantasy, and he's falling into the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I'm going to end up with so many Al Horfords this year, it's going to blow your mind out of your you-know-what. So I love this pick. I mean, it's simple. At 79, he's an easy one. Ricky Rubio at 80, I'm fine with taking a chance on him in a bounce-back spot. His ADP is 81. Uh, he should be able to pile up assists. And even if he kills you in field goal percent, he's going to be out on the floor. Phoenix gave him a bunch of money to play. They're going to play him. I like Ricky Rubio. This is a safe play. What did I just say he's at? 80? So in a 12-team league, that's late 7th round? Absolutely. Second second or third point guard on your team. Ennis Cantor at 81. I like that play as well. Miles, uh, Michael, excuse me. This is Michael Bridges. I'm surprised I saw Bridges and it wasn't Miles Bridges. Michael Bridges at 82. Uh, that's a little bit too early on that one. I, I think he's going to have an okay year. I do think he'll play. I'd rather have the other one first. Gordon Hayward at 83. This is an interesting one. This is, to me is an upside play and I'm down with it because you're at a point where you can start to take a few risks and we know that if Gordon Hayward is right, like fully 100% back to normal, he's a top 40 guy a couple years ago in Utah. And he's going to have plenty of opportunity in Boston this year with the half of that team clearing out. Where is he getting drafted? This feels earlier than I've been seeing him go, but I could be wrong on that one. We'll find this one out. Don't worry, we'll get his ADP. I usually have them handy. 83. So this is right where he's going. Okay. I'm on board with that. 
Uh, there's Miles Bridges. He's at 84. Jonathan Isaac at 85. He let a lot of people down last year, and I'm a little worried about the Al Farouk Aminu edition, but he should play. And this is probably a pretty reasonable spot to get him. Lou Williams at 86. This is too early for me. Uh, his fantasy game didn't really translate last year because he wasn't doing the other stuff that he did when he went on that furious run, which was three balls and steals. Last year, both those numbers came way, way down. He's always going to be a very good free throw guy. He's going to score some points. I don't know if they're going to need him to score 20 again this year. He feels like he's got an arrow pointed pretty firmly down with the Clippers this season, and so I don't think I'm going to have many Lou Williamses. Jeremy Lamb at 87, he's going to be a guy who gets off to a really nice start and then has a hard adjustment when Victor Oladipo comes back. Serge Ibaka at 88. I like this pick, actually. I know he's getting older. I know he's not same old Serge, but he was 61 last year. He had a really nice season in Toronto, getting the ball back closer to the rim, and the lack of Kawhi Leonard frees up more front court minutes, which could, it's not a direct correlation, but any time that Kawhi might have squeezed up to the four, there's just, there's opportunity there. And barring a trade, which could happen, he should end up on a team that actually wants him in such a spot. Uh, he's getting drafted at 100. His ADP is 100. Again, 61 on a per-game basis last year. He played 74 games, which basically keeps him right around that mark on a totals basis. Oh, absolutely, I would take him this late. I mean, the beef with Surge in seasons past is that he was getting drafted at, like, 25. How far did I want to go here? We'll go uh, just a handful more picks. Larry Nance Jr. at 89. I like that one. Joe Ingles at 90. Sounds good. Jeff Teague, 91. I like it. DeLon Wright at 92. Derek Favors at 93. Well, one boggles the mind because his ADP is uh, in the 40s, people. I don't have any idea how he fell that far. Maybe it was before the Yahoo stuff came out. I don't think that's where he's going in most drafts. He's going earlier than that. Brandon Ingram at 94, still don't trust him. Jared Allen with DeAndre Jordan nearby, don't trust him. Gallo at 96, yeah, he's going to fall hard in head-to-head leagues. Same with Gary Harris at 97. DeAndre Jordan at 98, uh, I'm okay with that. Tristan Thompson at 99, no thank you. TJ Warren at 100, and that is where we will put a pin in our breakdown. And take a moment to remind everybody of our newest partner that joined up with us this week, this very stinking week on fantasy nba today our buddies over at mybookie.com at bet mybookie on twitter mybookie.ag if you want to go to the the official site but mybookie.com forwards you're there it's totally fine that gets the job done uh they're our new partner as i mentioned earlier this week i've already transferred my online betting money over to my bookie, I'm so happy to finally have a place that I can trust. And so that's why I'm recommending it to you. I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't if I didn't know it. They're proven. They're always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. That's basically their tagline. Bet, win, get paid. That's the tagline for my bookie. You can bet NFL right now if you're into that sort of thing. I don't understand it well enough to bet it. I'll be perfectly frank with you as well. They're hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. This is something they've been doing in Vegas for a long time. Now it's online at mybookie.com. First place wins at least $100,000. Only costs 100 bucks to get into it. 
You pick five NFL games against the spread every week, climb the leaderboard, and score your share of a huge cash prize pool. I'm excited to bet there once the NBA season starts as well. This is where I'm going to start getting down. You guys know I do all my revenge angles, all my thoughts, my my best bets, my tips on Twitter. I put them out there at Dan Bespris every day. Well, now you guys know where I'm putting my money down, my bookie. Plus, plus, on the NFL side, you can actually tie it into fantasy because you can bet overs and unders. You can bet totals on fantasy players. How many fantasy points a guy is going to score? Best news of all, they're matching your first deposit up to 1000 bucks. Use promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. I did it. Here's the thing. Just, just from a pure math standpoint, I'm take a break from uh, some of the copy here I've got in front of me. If you have enough to cash out at a different online book, it's a no-brainer to move it over to my bookie because, for one, they're fantastic, and two, you get this double bonus. They're matching. You get a match bonus. So if you've got a couple hundred bucks sitting in some other whack online sports book, cash it out. Deposited at my bookie with promo code TODAY, the word today, and then you get it doubled. Why wouldn't you do it? 100%. Take your $400 out of whatever online book you're using, move it over to my bookie, and it becomes $800. And then you bet it and turn it into more than that. MyBookie.com, M Y B O O K I E.com. Use promo code today when making your account and making that first deposit to claim your bonus. Thank you again to these guys for hopping on with us. Uh, what I hope is the start of a, a long and, and fruitful partnership. Certainly for me, I'm going to go try to take them for all they're worth with my NBA bets. And I hope that they'll uh, be happy with that when I do it. <laughs> MyBookie.com. Once again, thanks, guys. Uh, enough of, enough of the, the silliness. Let's jump, let's jump right into the meat of today's deal. I simply cannot believe how absurdly long it's been since I actually spoke to you on a podcast. It doesn't seem right, man. It's been way too long, Dan. Thank you so much for having me on when you invited me. No, don't do that. I I don't care, man. It has been so long. I miss talking to you. Um, I, you know, we do these shows so much. It's just kind of become a regular thing, but I'll be honest with you. I got excited when I found out I was going to be talking to you, and I kind of got like excited nerves here going, it's it's, it's like the great. old days. It's like the old days, man. It's like the old days. But like, the funny thing is, for people listening, uh, the, it almost it don't almost the disconnect almost doesn't make sense, right? Because this whole off season, they've heard me, they've heard you. We've been following one another. Uh, not, I mean, there's usually a Thursday in between with our good buddy Neil and and either Josh or Eric on that show. Uh, but you and I haven't actually crossed paths on a podcast probably since the the trade deadline show. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> it's been crazy, and it you know it's just been so busy. And uh, you know, with the launch of the draft guide, with us kind of going into full swing, I'm really happy that I got a chance to sit down and talk with you. Yeah, this is this feels it just feels right, man. Uh, <laughs> Adrian, um, before we even get into the fantasy stuff, because we have kind of a fun game today, um, we're it, we're recording this spot on Thursday evening, so I'll pull back the curtain very briefly and not do the whole like, hey, pretend it's Friday for this segment. Um, number one. 
you and I both had, independent of one another, uh, our kids open houses on th- on Thursday. How did <laughs> how did how did yours go, man? So ours went pretty good, except for the fact that we were not supposed to bring our kids to the open house what? and i did really? not know that yeah, yeah yeah so it was only supposed to be parents only i guess we, we did not get the memo so we brought our kids so i felt bad because there were other parents in our open house and we were the only parents that had kids so i told my <laughs> wife like hey look let me take our kids to the playground which is just outside you sit in this open house you take notes fill me in so i actually my wife had to sit through the open house while i sat on the playground with our kids so oh wow um, (laughs) that's amazing yeah ours was easier we were supposed to bring our kid and he's a he's a preschooler so we have it i mean it's you know you throw him in a different classroom and it's a bunch of new toys basically just meeting the teachers uh that was that was easier ours was simpler and then the other question i have for you is uh what's your beverage of choice this evening so well first i want to start off with a funny story that i actually shared with coach please um the very first time I ever did a show with you, Dan, um, I wanted to drink a beer. You know, it's just – it's the evening. You just kind of want to unwind. And I was like, you know what? That is totally unprofessional. There's no way – Dan's going to think I'm like – I'm. Uh, he's never going to invite me back on. There's no way. I'm not going to drink. And the very first show I ever did with you, I'll never forget, you cracked open a beer. like, And I was like, okay, okay. This is totally cool. So – Ever since then, I've had. But anyways, tonight I'm going with a Blue Moon Mango Wheat, mm, mango and um, wheat. it is delicious. It's hitting the spot. Yeah, uh, right. I'm I'm going with an Oktoberfest this evening. You nice. Get, yeah, you get around this time of year. It's just nice. It's a it's a really it's a it's got a nice flavor. It's not too bitter. Just uh, real relaxing. Nice refreshing brew for. Uh, after a, a salty dinner and heading into a podcast. That's hilarious, by the way, um, because my entire broadcasting career is basically based exclusively on beer drinking. <laughs> we had, I think I may have told you this story before, so you might just be stuck sitting through it again. Uh, we had a public address announcer in Bakersfield that used to, uh, he had a good buddy that owned a local microbrewery in town. And so a couple times a week, He'd fill up a growler and just bring it to the ball game. Lug that sucker up to the press box, put it in our mini fridge, and uh, you know, I mean, it's 120 million degrees in Bakersfield in the summertime. So you just you get your opaque glass so that anybody looking up from the crowd thinks you're drinking a soda, and uh, you just get a nice little nice little buzz going before first pitch because otherwise you're just going to be miserable and dusty and hot. So uh, yeah, a long time ago I learned that you got to have uh a little libation before you get into a broadcast i i think that's hilarious so i'm glad that you uh you've adopted this philosophy now to give the people what they want you got to give the people what they want yesterday on the show i said we're gonna just keep breaking down picks with adrian benjamin's on friday and then it got to late this thursday evening as we're again recording this the night before and i thought that's not really right because that screws you adrian into picking We'd be stuck talking about 75 through 90. That really narrows the window of guys that you could get some measure of enjoyment about. So what we're going to do instead is I gave Adrian the list, the results from Eric Ong's deep league. It's a, or it's a 16-teamer, I guess I should say. So relatively deep. 
uh, nine category head-to-head results, and I said, take five minutes, pick your five most interesting guys for any reason on this whole list. It's like a 200-and-something players long. I don't know how, how deep you went. I, I'm guessing probably not to 250. Uh, for, it could be drafted too early, drafted too late, players you just want to talk about. I don't have a clue who he's about to talk about other than I have a pretty strong feeling on one, and we're just going to bang him out. So, uh, Mr. Benjamins, my old friend, my old buddy, back together, reunited. <laughs> who is Adrian's faves number one? Who are we talking about first? Okay, so I think we need to start at the top. And uh, no stranger to fantasy elite, Stephen Curry. Uh, um, Dan, the reason why I want to talk about Curry, I'm going to make a case for him to be... Uh, um, your choice if you have a top three pick in your draft coming up. So here I go. Um, you know I love me some mock drafts, and I have been diving deep. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm finding for maybe the first time in the last four to five years, centers do not feel like the scarcest position anymore. I to agree. me, To me, it's starting to feel like the point guard position positions actually may be the thinnest and i'm also finding in these mock drafts i'm able to get some really good quality centers um later in the draft in the middle rounds mm-hmm. or after the top four so damn when i'm doing my mock drafts and i'm have a, a top three pick instead of going anthony davis or carl anthony towns who i really love and in a vacuum i would say maybe are the top guys I actually like going Stephen Curry, or if you prefer James Harden, but for me, I got Steph Curry over him because, Dan, if you don't go point guard here at the beginning, when it comes back to you in the second round, the elite guards, as in Damian Lillard, um, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Drew Holiday, even Trey Young in some cases are all off the board. When it comes back to you. So I really want to get one of these guys. So for me to lock up Steph Curry or a guard in your top three pick like uh, James Harden or Steph Curry, I always love the way my mock drafts shake out when I get those. And if I don't do that, I always feel like um, I didn't get that elite point guard that I need on my team. So I wanted to talk about Steph Curry. I think, um, you know, with Kevin Durant being gone, Clay Thompson's going to be on the shelf for a little while. Uh, I think Steph Curry's going to have a little chip on his shoulder too with, with, with everyone talking about how it was Durant, you know, um, like, like everyone says it was Durant's team and kind of writing off the Warriors with him leaving. I think Curry's going to really take a step up. His usage is going to go up. I think he's primed for a career year. Still, you know, even though he's a little bit older compared to some of these point guards, still in his prime. So I don't know. What do you think, Dan? So before we went on air, I told Adrian I was going to do my best to play a little devil's advocate, uh, even if I actually secretly completely agree with everything you're saying. So, Devil's Advocate Dan, I'm just going to push you here and see how this thing okay. goes. Uh, would you take him over James Harden in a head-to-head league? Ooh, okay. Head-to-head is a little trickier because, you know, James Harden's going to get those big popcorn lines. 
So it is definitely closer to me, but but for me, because I was really thinking like a nine cat roto league. Mm-hmm. I, I hate James Harden's turnovers. I, you know, even though I think James Harden's going to be great with Russell Westbrook, you know, it's still two guys who demand high usage. So I'm still a little curious how the James Harden Westbrook thing is going to work out, even though I do think it's going to be successful. You know, we saw Paul George have a career year next to Westbrook. So I know a second star can easily coexist with Westbrook, but there's still kind of a question mark there. So um, in head to head, it's real close. You know, also too, I'm not looking at the schedule, but but the Rockets may have a better playoff schedule. So Dan, I guess in a head to head league, especially if you're going to punt, turnovers i think i'd be okay with going harden over curry but for the most part in my rankings i got curry at the top Mm, intriguing what about and i'm just going to keep pushing here what about anthony davis what happens to him this year i I think he's still going to be pretty good even with lebron around do you think from from listening to what you're saying now i get the feeling that you feel like there might be a little bit of a ding coming or are you more worried about the injury stuff no so i actually in a vacuum, if if um, if I could still get one of these other point guards, the um, that list I told you, you know, uh, Kimball Walker, Drew Holiday, Kyrie Irving, a Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. if I could still get one of those guys, I would actually have Anthony Davis at the top of my board. I think um, if you're just looking at players. If you're just comparing the players by themselves, I actually think Anthony Davis um, will likely be the number one player in fantasy. You know, as long as he can stay healthy, I think it's a no brainer that he should finish as the number one player. But I just love the way my teams kind of end up when I take Curry or Harden. But when I take Curry first, I kind of like Dan, the bigs that are available when you. on the way back, let's say if you take Curry, sometimes Gobert is there, Miles Turner, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, I like a lot of these other centers that are going like in the fourth round in Yahoo leagues. Bam Adebayo, Clint Capella is still on the board. Yeah, um, uh, he's so going. He's I, going late this year, dude. I don't know why. I think maybe people are really worried about the usage that Westbrook um, is going to take up. I think people believe that uh, maybe Capella will have a little knock on his numbers but i think he's still going to be outstanding so you know i i just for the first time in a long time dan i like the centers that are still available in fourth round on so for me the beginning of the draft is all about getting an elite point guard and if you have a pick in the top three you're not going to get an elite point guard if you get a center there so you, you want to know yeah. what i you want to know what i actually think now that i'm not We'll play this game, I guess, where I just try to torture you for a few minutes, and then I'll t- and then I'll tell you what I actually think. What I actually think is, I completely agree with everything you said. A hundred a hundred percent agreement with you. I love Steph Curry yes. this year. I love Anthony Davis this year. Head to head, Harden does get that little bump because of the durability portion. I don't believe that they're going to have rest days in Houston. They never have. Why would they suddenly st- like they? There were no reasons in the past why they shouldn't have been giving Harden days off, and yet they didn't give him a day off. It, it made no sense. He, the fact that he played 78 games last year was uh, insanity. Uh, th- I mean, there were plenty of times that they could have given him a respite. They were comfortably in after that that powerhouse stretch he put together. I think it was January, February time. 
he just plays, and so does Westbrook. Both of those guys are going to be on the floor all the freaking time. Um, but from a per-game perspective, Steph's going to go nuts. I'm with you on that. AD, he's always going nuts. His numbers were actually depressed last year because, remember, he played like 11 games where he only played the first half. So that's not even, like, his per-game numbers last year don't even fully show how good he can be. Uh, and he was basically neck and neck with Harden in 9-cat, uh, despite James having that insane stretch where he had no one next to him and Anthony Davis missing all that time and, and playing partial games when they were sort of in half-shutdown mode. So in reality, I totally agree with you. I, I have no problem at all with your top two being AD and Curry, because uh, mostly I'm in roto leagues anyway. Head-to-head, yes, I think you and I both agree you give James Harden uh, a little bump. Adrian, who's number two on your list? Player number two on the list is Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> yeah, we, Dan, all, we you, knew this you one was know, coming. You know I love me, JJJ. And, um, but I gotta, so the real reason why I brought him or why I have him on my list is not so much that I love him so much as a fantasy uh, target this year, but I'm kind of um, lost on how to rank him. Or, for example, Dan, he's currently going in Yahoo mock drafts as player 50, uh, fifth round. And, you know, I, I, for me, I think he has a ton of upside, but I understand him being drafted in this range because he still has got a lot of question mark. You know, he really hasn't shown consistency uh, for a long period of time. So when he's been good, it's been like a real small sample size. Um, the team, they've added John Morant and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jonas Valanciunas is there. And so um, – I don't know. I've got some question marks on JJJ. I think fifth round for me is a no-brainer because the guys ahead of him that get drafted, Bam out of Bayou, Clint Capella, guys like that that I talked about, um, Derek Favors even getting drafted ahead of him. I think JJJ has higher upside than these guys because he could hit threes, the blocks. I just – Dan, I get so enamored with guys, centers that can give you good percentages. They don't hurt you anywhere. They block shots. They can get – I mean those guys, I just fall in love with those guys. So to see JJJ go in these Yahoo Mac, uh, mock drafts like in the fifth round, um, I'm, I always end up with him on my team. And uh, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on him this year. Sure. So I won't I won't play devil's advocate on this one. Um, it's an interesting one you brought up because looking at the draft results that we're sort of building this discussion off of, he went at 32 in that draft. Okay. So uh, to me, that prices him out. 32 is, I mean, you're spending your, your middle of the third round pick on Jaron Jackson Jr. And there's going to be guys around that are in my opinion, significantly more proven. You know, you were talking about some of the centers that slipped to the end of the second round. It doesn't even need to be a center that we're talking about. These these third-round guys that are available are guys that have been third, second-rounders oftentimes for, for multiple years. So I don't... If my feeling is... Jaron Jackson last year, let's remember, he, he finished top 90 in 9-cat, which I, I think was... It's, it's kind of a weird number for people to hear because it felt like he was doing more than he actually did just because of how much hype there was around his name. I w- I'll admit this to you, Adrian, as we sort of bounce, as we kind of circle the wagons on JJJ, is I don't fully understand how the public feels about this guy. I think that 
I think people still really, really like him, despite the fact that he had, by all accounts, a disappointing year for fantasy owners last year and didn't play the last month of the season. Uh, and I feel like he's got a I feel like he got a pass because people still see the upside. And that's fine. The upside is there. I was hoping that he might slip a little bit further. 50, I think, is doable because there is the upside for him to be a top 35 kind of guy. But I would much prefer to get him later. And at 32, I'm not touching him. This is way too early for me because, Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the draft results we're breaking down. The guy that went right behind him, Clint Capella, who we just talked about uh, before, was that even was that while we were recording or was that before i think it was while we were talking right now uh yes. this is a guy who was what was capella last year 20 i think he was number 20 last year uh clint capella 29 in nat in nine category leagues that was how he finished on the player raider okay and then by on a per game basis he was 20 it's because he missed 15 games even if he takes a little knock, I mean, you're talking about a guy that can comfortably sit inside the top 40. I, I'm not spending my third round pick on a guy that could have the bottom fallout. Because here's here, let me, now I will play a little bit of devil's advocate. Here are the things, the issues I see potentially with Jaron Jackson Jr. Number one, his blocks dropped precipitously last year when he tried to just stay on the floor and stay out of foul trouble. That's the kind of thing you hope guys can figure out between their freshman and their sophomore years in the NBA, but you don't know for sure. So we know he can block, but can he block and actually stay on the floor? The other thing, he's not a rebounding power forward. He only averaged 4.7 rebounds in his 26 minutes a game, and that's a number that's going to be really hard to ratchet up when he's playing next to rebounding behemoth Jonas Valanciunas. So I I don't know that that's going to get any better. Uh, I like the fact that he's a good field goal percent guy. I like the fact that he's a power forward with shot blocking ability that doesn't kill you in free throws. But there are some gaps, and you're taking a little bit of a risk at... I mean, you're taking a big risk at 32. You're taking a much smaller risk at 50. If he gets past 50, I'm with you, Adrian. You scoop him up because there is an upside there that... Generally, you can't find in other fifth-round picks. But third-round picks, you should be getting someone with a fourth-round floor and second or even first-round upside. You should not be getting someone who has a seventh-round floor in the third round. That's too early to take a chance like that for me. I agree with you. At at 32 where he went, um, that's too early for me, right? Like you're drafting him kind of at his ceiling. So you're not getting a lot of value there. So I agree with you there for sure. But um, in these mocks that I've been doing, I just cannot pass him up um, in that early fifth round just because um, I do believe if all things break right for him, he could finish with that third round value. But yeah, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Definitely an interesting guy. I'm really hoping he can be consistent this season and stay healthy all um all year. All right, so Mockman, uh let me ask you a question. As you've been doing these mocks, has he been going in different places? Has there been any trends you've seen so far? I feel like he's the kind of guy that could get sort of swooped up in the hype train and start to go earlier. No. I think some of the luster has come off of JJJ for the for the Good. reasons that you mentioned Good. earlier. But um, 
And it's just mostly because he really shown that, well, he's got some health issues. And he just has shown that he really hasn't done it on a consistent basis. You know, he'll have a huge game, then he'll follow it up with just an average game. And then he might disappear or get hurt. So um, I think now, you know, people don't consider him a sure thing. So, and which is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to him, because I see such a wide range of variants on how he gets drafted. And, um, I was just really curious to see what your thoughts were on him. Yeah, I think I think you we're mostly in agreement, which is unusual because when you get to these these really these kind of uh, shiny fellas, you you and I <laughs> in particular, and we often go in different directions. But I think we see likewise. And to me, you're a guy that I would come to with questions on someone like Jaron Jackson because you're in these mocks and you're seeing where he's going and it sounds to yeah. me like it, the ADPs that we're seeing on Yahoo they're fairly accurate so far that he really is going near 50 in a lot of drafts yeah and you know where he gets drafted in these Yahoo Mac, uh, Yahoo mocks the centers going near him Thomas Bryant Al Horford Brooke Lopez hmm. um, Stephen Adams guys I really like but they just don't have the upside that JJJ has right like these other guys you're, I mean, the chances of them finishing as a top three round asset is just not likely as it could be with JJJ as long as he really plays up to his potential and stays healthy. So I, I just can't pass him. It's a guy he just ends up on all my teams. If you know, it'll be really interesting to see as we get closer to the real draft um, time. Where will where will he be going? You know, Dan, if 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 he has an amazing preseason where he's just um, playing lights out, oh, maybe his, that's the maybe worst. His ADP will just be like ridiculous, <laughs> right? That's the worst. We need we need <laughs> to keep hiding these guys as long as humanly possible. All right, give me number three on the list. Okay, player number three on the list. Kind of a similar thing here. I want to talk about Jason. Tatum going in the exact same round that we just talked about fifth round he's player 52 right now in Yahoo mock drafts um in this draft that with Eric Ong he went 44 so not far off Dan I think Jason Tatum is in for um a breakout year you know last year finished as player 40 in nine category leagues and that was with that crazy dysfunction that the Celtics were going through Mm -hmm. uh Kyrie Irving's not there anymore. Terry Rozier's gone. I'm hoping it's a happier locker room there. Um, they got a very motivated Kemba Walker running the show. I think it's going to be him and Tatum, one-two punch. Um, Dan, I mean, Tatum's got like top 20 upside. He's being drafted in round five. This is another guy that's really hard for me to pass up on. Who would like? What are your thoughts on him? Post-hype. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, okay. Well, wait. Let me play. I I, I messed up on my job of playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I got lost in the post type. Uh, he's he's a perfect example of the kind of guys that I often target in fantasy drafts. Guys that were overdrafted the previous year because everybody said they were the second coming, and then it didn't pan out that way. Now he was number fifty nine on a per game basis, so he obviously got a pretty good bump by playing in seventy nine games. But that's not nothing. Durability is. That's like the 10th category in 9-cat. Durability counts. Uh, And I'm with you. He, to me, has kind of, and this is, I think Jason Tatum fans are going to consider this an insult, but I definitely don't mean it this way. He has 
an Otto Porter-like fantasy game built into him. And that, to me, is what I want him to tap into, which is good Mm -hmm. percentages in both, low turnovers, something in the teens in points, one and a half to two three-pointers, six rebounds, couple of assists, around two combined defensive steals. You give me those, you got yourself a number 35 guy on a per-game basis, and if he's durable, you got yourself a 20-something on totals. Uh, The fact that he's slipping into the 50s, I would absolutely positively take him in the 50s every time. Now, if I was going to play devil's advocate, I would say, are you at all worried that Kemba comes in, takes Kyrie's 20 shots, and Tatum gets stuck behind Kemba and Gordon Hayward? What do you say to someone who has that argument? No, I don't think so. I think that (laughs) Kemba, you you know, this this is the first time we've seen Kemba with a good supporting cast. I mean, the the, Char- the Charlotte Hornets, they never put a good team around Kimball Walker. And uh, I, I think he's going to really want to show that he can be a successful team guy. I do think Kimba's going to score a lot. So, um, but, you know, Kyrie Irving was also a, kind of a score first uh, point guard in that system. I think Kimba's going to flourish. I think he's going to do great. I think he really wants to get these other guys involved. Um, and I think he's just bought into this Celtics team thing. He saw how everything went wrong last year with Kyrie. I think he wants to show that he can succeed. I, I think Jason Tatum's in for a real breakout year. I think we're getting him at a discount just because he he – he was a disappointment last year. So people, I'm, I'm telling you, Dan, I've never seen him go earlier than fifth round in these Yahoo maps. Wow. People are just like, they, um, they, what they saw from him last year, they think that's who he'll be this year. And the beauty part is with Jaron Jackson Jr., I, I do think there's a chance that he can get caught up in a little bit of hype, like a big preseason or just, you know, the there was so much buzz around his name last year, and I don't know that all of it came off. I think most of the shine came off of Jason Tatum. Like, he took mm-hmm. he took no step forward in his second year. I don't think he's going to be a hype train guy. I think that's... I, I think we might be looking at where he ends up getting drafted. It's almost like he fits the Dan Bespris old man crew in his third season in the NBA. <laughs> I love it. You know, yeah, and, you know, I try... Dan, I try not to fall for those silly gym videos where guys like in the <laughs> offseason where guys are just bawling out against a chair or against some scrub <laughs> in the gym. But um, I've seen some video of Jason Tatum been working out with Drew Hanlon, currently with Team USA. So you know he's been working on his game. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. I'm just totally on Jason Tatum. I think almost every single mock draft I've done and Dan, I've done, I I'm embarrassed to say, I think I've done about 30 uh, <laughs> already. I think you saw every single one of my mock draft teams. It's, man. um, it's important <laughs> to point out to the listeners just in case they've lost their calendar. It's not September yet. <laughs> Adrian, you're going to, are you going to hit a hundred this year? Um, I do about, oh man, this is really embarrassing to say, but I can't wait. I do about like five a day i do like <laughs> one in the morning before i leave i do um like one on my lunch break and then another one about three to four p.m and then when i get oh, home man. i do about two before i go to bed oh my so, god yeah, it's like five per day almost. you are the best now i know exactly why you showed up to your kids uh day with the wrong <laughs> rules in hand you were, doing my, you were like honey i don't know if we're supposed to bring the kids i got jason tatum at 60 in this thing 
Oh, God, I love it so much. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I also, just one final thought on the Tatum thing, and then we'll we'll go to number four on your list. Uh, I think he's a guy that is going to benefit from more volume, and it's just going to have to be there. So even if Gordon Hayward does more, and even if Kemba Walker takes all of Kyrie Irving's shots, which may or may not happen, the Celtics also, mind you, in addition to losing to Kyrie, uh, also lost Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier, Al Horford, Aaron Baines. Who else did they get? Ennis Cantor, right? Isn't that basically mm-hmm. it? Like, there's more available now than there was last year, and the pecking order is less clear, which basically means that anybody can step up and grab a few extra shots. Even if his field goal attempts only go from 13 to, like, 14 and a half, that's a positive for him. One of the big negatives for guys that have good efficiency and good nine-category games is that sometimes they can sort of get caught up in doing nothing. Uh, The more he does, the better. He's not one of those guys that's going to hurt you if he does a little bit more. So I I like it, uh, and I like the fact that you're telling me you're out there, you're, you're already mining the fields for data, and he's coming in on the relatively late side. Number four, Adrian, we'll keep shuttling along here. Player number four, and, you know, I think now that I'm really looking at this list, I think the theme should have been players that underperformed last season yes. that you're getting at a discount. Although I'm not sure about Steph Curry, although uh, I, I don't a know. A little bit, a little bit. I feel like now that I'm looking at this list as a whole, I feel like that's the theme. So to continue on with that theme, Gary Harris, a guy who um, – where did he go? He, I think he went. Did he go ninety-seven on the? Um, wow, I'm not there yet. Wherever the, he went, yeah, ninety-seven. You got it right. So he went ninety-seven. Um, in the Yahoo mocks, he goes ninety-five. Look, it was a rough year for Gary Harris last year. Uh, didn't even finish in the top one fifty on the player radar. Battled injuries. Um, it was a rough year, but Dan, he can finish as with like. Top he he's got top fifty upside if he's right. Um, I'm really hoping he's healthy this year. In the eighth round, at the end of the eighth round, again, um, you know, I'm so focused on point guards and centers. Usually, at, at about this point in my draft, I'm really looking for like a small forward wing type guy. He's another guy that's been ending up on a lot of my teams. Yes, I know the injury concern, but. As long as he's healthy, man, I got no doubt that he can be like a a a, a fifty range type guy. So I, I don't know, Dan. What do you think about Gary Harris? He scares me a little bit more than these other guys because of that Denver bench guys like Malik Beasley and Will Barton and Monty. I don't know if Barton's coming off the bench and Monty Morris. Um, I'm actually. Honestly, I'm a little bit surprised he's going before 100, considering how awful his season was last year. I think there's a chance you might see his ranking slip as we work later into draft season. Uh, I, I think a lot of people really, really dislike his fantasy outlook after last season. Uh, I mean, if you can blow a 10th round pick on a guy who's been in the top 50 range as recently as like two seasons back and is still 20-something years of age. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, you've got... D- Brew likes to refer to these guys as distressed assets. Distressed assets. Uh, and it's it's a really nice way to draft. I think if you're going to take Gary Harris in the, in the ninth or 10th, you don't have to 
you don't have to build much in around it, right? Like, if you were going to take a risk in the fifth or a risk in the fourth, you want to make sure that you've got really safe guys around it. But you could literally throw away your 10th round pick any fantasy season and your team would be totally fine. So you're at a point now where you take a shot. You take a shot. I mean, what if Gary Harris is terrible? Well, you cast him into the ocean and pick up somebody, right? Like you'd, this, is, this is no man's land. We've talked about that before. We talked about that, Adrian, you and I, last offseason. Once you're into no man's land, freaking go for it. Grab a guy that could end up inside the top 50. Do I think he will? I don't necessarily believe so. And he's a rough one in head-to-head because he really never stays healthy. But, man, you get a roto guy playing 60-something games that could give you, you know, per game inside top 50? Absolutely. I can't argue with it, especially at that area. I'm really glad you mentioned the depth of Denver because that is for sure something you need to consider besides the injury concern. Denver is loaded, man. Jamal Murray, uh, you mentioned Will Barton. Uh, They still got Millsap there. They added Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic. I mean, this is a team that's loaded from top to bottom. But when Harris is healthy, um, really great two-way player. So his defense keeps him on the court. and. I, it's just hard for me to pass up on him there. So he's been ending up on a lot of my teams. Yeah. He, he was getting drafted 50 slots earlier than that last year. Maybe I should be careful talking about how far a guy's going to fall. 50 slots is a long way to tumble. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually looked pretty good in the playoffs, which is something maybe folks can hang their hat on. If you want to look at it from a confidence perspective, he play was, he was playing 40 minutes a game in those games against the trailblazers. Uh, something like 15 and six with, you know, one and a half steals and like a three pointer per game. Uh, You saw flashes of the old Gary Harris. He looked closer to being right. Get a little rest. You know, they play every like third day in the postseason. Um, I don't think you can expect him to play more than 65 games though. He's only done that. He's only played more than 67 one time in his entire career of five seasons. Uh, So he fits for me. He fits a little bit better as a roto guy where, you know, if you miss a game, you just, plug someone else in uh as opposed to head-to-head where he might give you some zeros uh but damn right man end of the end of the eighth round ninth round maybe he slips you get him in the 10th you absolutely take a chance on a guy like that all right is your is your fifth guy a post type guy too um i i guess so i don't know why don't why don't i tell you and you you uh tell me what oh i'm excited Uh, this is the last one which with what's our big swing here at the end last guy this guy went 124 in uh, the Eric Ong draft, and this guy not even getting drafted in Yahoo mocks. Zach Collins. Okay, so I so earlier in the show I talked about how the center spots deeper, as deep as I've ever seen it in maybe the last four years. Zach Collins, I love this guy, Dan. Um, you know, he was a sleeper of mine going into last year and completely let me down. Uh, I think I took him on every team, ended up dropping him because he just didn't do anything during the season. Then we finally saw him kind of break out in the postseason. And um, Dan, I'm back on the Zach Collins train. I'm taking him. I mean, I think he's going to end up on every single one of my teams, especially at his ADP on Yahoo right now. I mean, I'm taking him in the last round. I I think he's slated to start at the four power forward spot next to Whiteside for Portland. 
Dan, one of the things I love about him earlier, I talked about these centers that I get enamored with that can do it all. He's one of these guys. He can block shots. He can hit threes. He gives you good percentages. He doesn't hurt you anywhere. Um, I love this guy. He's going to be on all my teams. I just really hope that it finally happens for him because um, maybe I was a year too er- er- I was a year too early last season. So I'm hoping this is his year. What do you think, Dan? I think Portland's going to regret running out two gigantors in their starting <laughs> line. That's that's my take. But they have no power forwards on that team, so that's important to note, and that's why this is something that's in consideration right now. Uh, their only power forwards were Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless slid up and played some four last year, and both of those guys are now gone. Uh, I believe the only player on their lineup that has actually played any kind of real power forward minutes in the past is Anthony Tolliver, and then maybe Mario Hazonia has played a little four in the modern NBA. So there are minutes available there, but if I had to guess, and maybe Portland surprises me, uh, and maybe Zach Collins can chase around some stretch fours, but I just think... Because uh, Hassan Whiteside is not chasing anybody outside the paint. We know that. We saw it in Miami. You know That's why they ended up bringing him off the bench, among other reasons, because Bam Adebayo could actually switch on screen and roll situations. I think if you have Zach Collins and Hassan Whiteside both on the floor on defense, yes, you give yourself two guys that could potentially float back and help protect the rim, but you also give yourself two guys that if you put them in a pick and roll, horrible things can happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well- I think that Portland's going to end up going smaller, and the question becomes, can Collins push Whiteside out of the center spot? And so I'm not totally sold on it, but at the same time, you know, he's going in the 12th round. So what am I going to do? Say don't take a shot on Zach Collins in the 12th because there's some other guy getting drafted at 140 that you should be taking instead? It It's just not... I mean, this is that's a point in draft where you're splitting hairs. You're looking for someone. What if things break right? Should be the question you ask yourself with your 12th, 13th, 14th round picks. And we saw it for about three weeks last year. And Adrian, I'm sure you remembered it because you drafted Zach. Uh, the first three weeks of the season, he looked great. He was great. And then there was no consistency. He got tired. He couldn't mm. stay on the floor. Uh, he stopped actually doing anything when he was on the basketball court. But if he's out there and can hit a three and block a shot and do those interesting things from the center position, he's a guy with upside. He's just not a guy that I'm necessarily targeting because I think Portland is going to have their hand forced by the smallness of the modern NBA. He's just not big enough on the interior, on the offensive side, to make teams pay for staying smaller because he's more of a drift away from the bucket kind of guy. So I think part of the reason why Portland was willing to part with Al Farouk Aminu, Myers Leonard, is because they believe Zach Collins could play the four. I think one of the reasons why it could work is because he does have that outside shot, could stretch the floor offensively. Now, I do hear your concerns on the defensive end, although he is a nice shot blocker. But I do agree, pick and roll could be a problem, but... I think that they believe he's ready to play the four. Now, um, the situation could also get a little uh, cloudy when Yusuf Nurkic returns to the team as well. So um, then you got a trio of bigs there. And it's going to be interesting because, you know, we know Whiteside and Nurkic cannot. I mean, there's no way those two can share the floor at the same time. So um, 
you know, definitely some concerns. But as you mentioned, at his ADP, man, I am all over all over it. Um, another thing, this guy's only 21 years old. So I'm really hoping that that inconsistency we saw from him in the past is just, you know, some youth, some learning curve. And I'm really hoping we see him put it together. A little similar to JJJ. I think, you know, we, we really haven't seen him do it consistently. And I'm hoping that this is the year that it finally, that, that it happens for him. You know who I kind of like on that Portland team? And then we'll then I'll let you get back and, and finish off your Thursday. I kind of like Kent Bazemore as someone who's going to end up kind of forcing his way into playing time because they just they're going to need to go kind of wingy I think just to keep up with the teams around them uh and I don't I don't know man I don't this is might be the one of the five guys on today's show where you and I don't fall into complete and total agreement uh I don't totally trust it but again I can't give you a hard time because he's getting drafted at 140 what am I gonna do say ah you, you you're 140 how many times do we even have our one our 12th or 13th round pick on our fantasy teams by December most years rarely for me at least if you were to tell me that I was going to make a list of five and you were going to like four out of the five, I will take that as a victory every <laughs> single day. Uh, Dan, you know, I kind of go the opposite as you. I know you like that old man squad. I love the the young rook squad, which is not that great. I mean, but so, hey, I'm, I'm pretty happy to take four out of five here. So that's a good thing. Did you see <laughs> I renamed my old man squad briefly to the uh, old and boring squad and then I renamed that to the uh i believe i called them the old uh old farts underdrafted club i don't know if you saw that tweet but i also <laughs> have you put that acronym together don't say it on the podcast or i'm gonna have to bleep us <laughs> i won't say it but i did see that it's yeah I feel, <laughs> I feel pretty good about that so this year you're gonna have the dan Bespris old farts underdrafted club it's the oh bleep <laughs> the the dan Bespris oh bleep uh, group because it's not even about old anymore it's just about guys that people have forgotten about and it's it's almost like you wrap post hype up with uh just bland and consistent and you get these there's so many guys adrian that are just falling precipitously because they're not buzzy names but i'm guessing due to his um situation you you finally have Thad Young off of your list. Yeah, is that true? Yeah. I don't I don't have the Thaditude this year anymore. There's too many uh. there's too many dudes in that Chicago front court. I loved him so much though. Those are good times. I loved all those Indiana old men and Thad got Thad signed with a, another team and Darren Collison retired. And Nico Miritich went to Europe. Do you know what that did to uh. me at the start of this offseason? That was a kick to the groin. Un- just unbelievable that he went to Europe. It was crazy. Oh. It was a shocker. It was, a, yeah. The whole thing was just one swift kick to my nads right after the next <laughs> The old man squad was being torn to pieces before well, my eyes. Dan, even the old man squad needs to reload once in a while, Yeah, that's right? true. That's true. You put enough of them on a ventilator, you got to get some new guys on the list. Oh, man, Adrian, it's been too freaking long. Can we do this again sooner this time? Please. Okay. Please, thank you so much. At Adrian Benjamins on Twitter. He's my favorite. I miss you, buddy. Uh, We will talk to Adrian very soon. Enjoy your weekend, my good man. Thank you very much. You too. And that was our good buddy, Adrian Benjamins, co-host of normally the Friday show. But, you know, now that I've had to be a jerk and retake control of every day on this week, I know. What an ass. I I had to talk to Adrian. It's been so freaking long. 
absurd. Uh, shout out our new pod, DFS Today, with Coach Joe Sarvati and Mike Patria launched yesterday. The codes, uh, the links, I should say, to, to listen to that show are everywhere on Twitter. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean, you name it, you can find it there. It's every place. Please do take a moment to rate and review this show and also that one. Maybe that one is even more important because it's just getting off the ground. Uh, it's one a week right now until we get to the NBA preseason, and then they're doing five days a week or more. It's going to be your one-stop shop for getting ready to bet DFS. Between Mike and Coach, I mean, you you really have your bases covered, and they're just they're funny, man. They're good dudes. They're good broadcasters. They're good at DFS. It's a fantastic show. Go check it out. And a big fat thank you to Fantasy Draft for jumping on uh, and bringing that show to us. The lead sponsor on Hoop Ball's DFS show, Fantasy Draft. Rake Free DFS. They've got a promo code Rudden as well. Make sure to check that out on Twitter or even in the podcast description. That show, again, you can find it everywhere podcasts are found. But if you if you want to just search for it, I've been able to find it pretty fast by typing DFS Today Hoopball into my browser. So that's Coach and Mike. Again, thank you to Adrian Benjamins. At Adrian Benjamins, I'm at Dan Vespers. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll, back, we'll be back on Monday. We'll break down a brand new draft. That's what's coming here. September is all about breaking down draft results, figuring out where guys are moving. We're going to track guys as they shuttle up and down the charts we're going to talk to adrian some more as well as he continues to do you know 25 buck drafts a week uh he's going to be a heck of a resource on on how adps are shuffling before we get those first official adp reports and then that will be something we focus on very hard again have a wonderful wonderful labor day weekend we will have a show for you on monday so you know not a day off for us over here so long everybody This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.